0: On today's show, we're going to cover a team that's been in the news very frequently over the last few days, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dustin Nosler from Dodgers Digest and the Dugout Blues podcast stopped by today. He's our guest. Dustin, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: Listen, great year for the Dodgers. Made the World Series, came up just short. Obviously, they're looking to improve, get over the hump. Today's show is going to be very interesting because the Dodgers are one of pretty much the only team besides maybe San Francisco that are still in the hunt for both Otani and Stanton. Stanton clearly wants to play for them. While nobody really knows what Otani really wants, he says he wants to play for a small market West Coast team. But interestingly enough, the Dodgers remain one of the few teams he hasn't crossed off his list yet. Starting with Otani, what's the latest you've heard there?
1: Uh, just basically that. I, I know the Dodgers have had a, a relationship they've tried to, to cultivate and foster over the last um, going on almost decade now um, when Logan White was still in town. Um, but yeah, as as far as as far as we know, what you said is pretty accurate. Nobody really truly knows what he wants. Um, he, he's taken all seven meetings with the the seven finalists, and I, he has to decide by December twenty second. Um, you know, that's still well, we're December sixth today, so there's still plenty of time for this to drag out. I I don't suspect it'll drag out that long. Um, but you know, I, I think the Dodgers have as good a chance as any team really, just kind of things I've heard behind the scenes and stuff that, you know, it doesn't seem like they have, uh, they're not getting as much credit nationally as maybe they should be. If they end up signing him, I I bet a lot of folks in the national spotlight are going to be surprised.
0: And I'm over here in New York and it was interesting to see him spur the Yankees and the Red Sox that he doesn't want to go there, but keep the Dodgers on his list. So maybe that tells you something with the organization that he likes. Maybe let me put you in the shoes of the Dodgers front office here and this is straight off the questionnaire he sent out to all the teams, if you were in office with Otani right now and you had to tell him why the Dodgers are a desirable place for him to play, what would you say?
1: They're obviously one of the most prestigious franchises in, in the game. They've been around for 100-plus years. Um, they, like, we, like you said in the intro, they were uh, went away from the World Series championship. Um, they're built to contend at, at a championship level. Um, for many years to come because Andrew Friedman, Farhan Zaidi, and, and everybody else have, have done a great job rebuilding the farm system, um, not getting hunkered down by too many big contracts. Um, they're still trying to work off some of the contracts from the previous regime. Um, you know, their their outlook is, is very bright, and they're willing to allow him to be a two-way player. Um, you know, some of these guys in the front office are some of the smartest baseball minds uh, in the game today. And if anybody's going to be at the forefront of any kind of new revolution or new kind of philosophy when it comes to playing the game and, and maximizing a player's talents and abilities, it's going to be the guys in the Dodgers front office.
0: And I think being a two-way player seems like what's most important to him. So if the Dodgers can, conf- can fulfill that, which I'm assuming they are, since they're one of the final seven teams, maybe that's something he's he'll go with them for. Shifting over to Stanton – Everybody knows he wants to be a Dodger already. He's almost forcing the Marlins' hand. And maybe if the Dodgers can hold out long enough, they can get Stanton that maybe a discounted price. What have you heard, and what do you think it will cost the Dodgers to get a guy like Stanton?
1: Yeah, I think if, if he really – like, if he didn't think there was a chance of him going to the Dodgers, he might have accepted one of the other uh, – he might have waived his no-trade clause for one of the other teams, the Giants or the Cardinals by now. Um, he's a Southern California kid. He grew up. His high school is about 15, 16 miles away from Dodger Stadium. So, it, it's like you said, it's pretty obvious he wants to go to the Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers, for an office, you know, they're dealing with the Otani stuff, the rest of the offseason stuff, and then they're going to have to factor this in. So I, I bet they're trying to figure out a way to make it work because they also want to get under the luxury tax number so they reset their penalty. Um, but, yeah, I, I think when you get a player of this caliber who wants to play for your team, you should make every effort to try to acquire him. And, you know, there, there's no guarantee next offseason guys like Bryce Harper or or Manny Machado or, or anybody of any of the pre, premium free agents are going to sign with the Dodgers when no Stanton wants to play for the Dodgers. So if you can get him at a discounted rate by holding out a little longer and kind of forcing, like you said, forcing the Marlins in, um, that seems kind of like what this front office would do. and. You know, it, it's Stanton's no trade clause is really what's holding all this up.
0: It seems the longer he holds out, the better it is for the Dodgers because at some point, the Mons, I mean, they seem like they're ready to get rid of him any day, so that's going to have to happen. That actually brings me into my first fan question here from at Parades on Fig Street 9. He says, If we don't land Stanton or Otani, is there a shot that we go after JD? Obviously, referring to the Dodgers.
1: Uh, JD Martinez, yeah. I don't think so. Um, the Dodgers, I mean, a lot. Every team had a chance to trade for him at the trade deadline. Um, he went to the Diamondbacks for a really underwhelming package. Um, went and, and totally destroyed the ball while he was there. Um, if they didn't take a chance on him at that point, I don't know if they're going to be willing to give him a six or seven-year deal at you know 25 plus million a season uh, for a guy who, who's who's one of the best hitters in the game, but he's also 30 and his defensive metrics don't grade out nearly as well as a uh, guy like Stanton. Um, I think that's the biggest holdup is, is they don't like his defense that much. So I, I think it'd be a pass.
0: Now, um, well, before we move on from the hot stove stuff, just real quick, when I'm looking at the roster, breaking it down, as far as the hitting, they really didn't lose much. They lost Curtis Granderson, Franklin Gutierrez, and Chase Utley. Pitching-wise, yeah, they lost Darvish, but the rotation, they still got Kershaw, Hill, Wood, Maeda, Ryu, McCarthy. And from the bullpen, it's pretty much the same besides the loss of Brandon Morrow and Tony Watson, which are decent losses, but they got enough guys to supplement that. Where, What needs are the Dodgers going to try and fill here, and who are they going to try and fill it with?
1: Yeah, and just because some of these guys are free agents doesn't mean they don't want to bring them back. I know they want to bring back Brandon Morrow. I think they might want to bring back Tony Watson, but it just depends how much the going rate is going to be for those guys. I don't know if they're going to be in with Darvish, sweepstakes unless he gives them a friendly kind of discount deal, which he has no reason to do. And the, the three offense players you mentioned, yeah, they were bench players. They were part-time players. And uh, a couple of them didn't really perform that well. And one, Gutierrez, he was injured. He had the uh, um, uh, intestinal issue that, that kind of plagued him in Seattle. So um, so what they're going to probably be looking to do is, is keep the bullpen of strength, try to bring back Morrow and or Watson, or venture out into free agency, or try to find the next Brandon Morrow in terms of being a minor league signing, a non-roster. Uh, uh, he, they gave him a minor league contract, and then he turned out to be the second best reliever on the team. Um, they've got Jimmy Garcia coming back from Tommy John. It's kind of unknown, but you know he's still a quality arm. Uh, they, they've got some other good guys in the bullpen. They, they've got plenty of, of talent to fill that out. Um, they, I don't think they'll be in the market for a starter outside of a starting pitcher outside of Otani. Um, And then other than that, they just probably look to strengthen the bench, maybe a a piece or two to um, maybe give a little more punch off the bench than they had this past season.
0: Yeah, and they still got a couple solid guys there in the bullpen behind Jansen. I mean, Fields had a great year. Singrani came over. He could pitch a little bit still. You got Baez, Stripling, Avalon. So even without Maura Watson, they still might be all right. Moving on to the fantasy portion of the show, and my fantasy owners, I probably get questions every day about Cody Bellinger and uh, was it real? Is he going to be even better? I mean, the guy hit 39 homers with 97 RBIs. He's only 22 years old. He did strike out 146 times, struggled a little bit in the playoffs. Is What What do you think the ceiling is for him? Is the best yet to come?
1: Uh, I, I'm not sure. This is a tough one because I think the season he just had might have been what we had expected his ceiling to be before the start of the season. Um, he took it to another level uh, in his debut season. So to say his ceiling is, is higher than what he did this past season, is kind of risky because you're talking about a 40, 45 home run guy um, playing, you know, excellent defensive first base and, and or the outfield. Um, I, I think it's for real. I, I don't know if he's going to, it's, it's really difficult. I didn't expect him to hit 39 home runs. I knew he had power. I knew he had tons of raw power. I didn't know he had 39 home runs in his, his first season power. So uh, I do think he's probably one of the best fantasy options on the Dodgers, especially because he can swipe a few bases. But you know, I, I don't. I wouldn't expect him to be the next like Giancarlo Stanton in terms of hitting 50-plus home runs a year.
0: I agree. I think asking any more than 267, 39 homers, 97 RBIs, 10 stone bases is getting a little greedy. I know he's only 22 years old, but there's only so so much he could go up. Another guy, Chris Taylor, who had a phenomenal 2017. He's a little older. He's 27 years old. Mind you, I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, and I saw this guy play in Seattle, and I never thought his 2017 would happen. He had two career home runs in 72 games before last season comes out, hits 21 homers and 288, 72 RBIs, 17 stolen bases. Baseball reference actually projects him to hit 269 with 17 homers and 12 stolen bases. So it's not too far from this year. You think he's going to repeat his 2017 success in 2018?
1: I think, I think he's more, yeah, I think he's closer to the player he was in 2017 than the player he was before he came to the Dodgers. Um, and that's quite the the chasm between the two, but I don't know if he'll be as good as he was last season, um, but there are some folks who are high on him who think this is not a fluke. This might be more of what we'll see. The only thing I'm a little concerned about with him is his strikeout rate's a little high for the type of hitter he is, right? at least the type of hitter we perceive him to be. So, um, But he's got the power-speed combination. He puts the bat on the ball. Um, he, he'll take a walk every once in a while. I mean, you know, if he can somehow – if he can continue – this kind of level of performance, uh, he's going to be quite a valuable player.
0: He's a guy that I think everybody's expecting regression from, and that regression might actually not come. So you might be able to get him at a at a cheaper price, and he's really valued. Two other guys that I'm personally very interested in, the Dodgers said they were interested in parting ways with Grandal. He only started two games in the postseason. Austin Barnes, I think, started the other 13 games. Who's going to be the opening day catcher? Because Barnes really had a great year. I mean, he had 290 and eight homers and 218 at-bats and 40 RBIs. And as good as Grandal is, the average is too low, the strikeouts. I mean, he gets on base a lot. But who's going to be the opening day catcher, you think?
1: I think it'll be Barnes. I I think especially if they end up trading for Stanton, they'll they'll find a way to move Grandal um, to save a little money. And the fact that I I don't think they want to pay seven-plus million dollars for a backup catcher. Uh, who would be a backup catcher on this team, but it can start for two thirds of the other teams in in baseball. And that's a, you know, it's a decent trade chip. I, you know, his value is not super high um, because he only has one year left on his deal before free agency, but you know, he's, he's got power and he's got the ability to to draw walks, even though that kind of fell off this past season. But um, you know, he, he's a, he's an interesting guy for this winter for a team looking for a, a starting catcher, you may need a stopgap for a prospect coming up, or they just want a guy who's one of the best framers in the game too to try to uh, maybe teach one of the younger catchers while also you know playing 120 games. Um, and Barnes, he's so versatile. Um, you know, the Dodgers are playing him a little bit at second base as well. Um, he's he's long past due uh, for for getting a starting job. The only reason he hasn't been a starter yet is because he was blocked by A.J. Ellis, and then he has money gone all.
0: Yeah, I think Barnes has definitely got to keep an eye on. He's definitely shown some promise. Another question we had in from at Dodgers Kings fan. He says, what prospect will be a surprise call-up? You got any answers for him?
1: Yeah, I, I follow the prospects pretty closely, so um, I'm, I'm going to try to limit this to guys who aren't on the 49 roster right now, and I, I thought about this a little bit, and I'm going to go with Edwin Rios. He's a corner infielder, most likely a first baseman. Um, he's got big-time power from the left side. Um, the hit tool a little suspect at times, and he doesn't walk that much. But he showed some. He took some big steps forward uh, in 2017. After a so-so showing in AA in 2016, he performed well there and then got a call to AAA and performed even better and, and hit for a lot of power. Um, I could see some scenario that, that sees him get some some uh, major league playing time in 2018. Um, I'm not sure that's the greatest thing for the Dodgers because that means a lot will have happened in front of him in terms, you know, most likely injuries. But if you're looking for a guy who's not on the 40, man, he's not, you know, 19 years old or anything, he's 20, I think he's going to be 23 years old. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll go with Rios.
0: And he's a guy, I mean, over double A in two seasons, 25 20 homers i think it is yeah 20 homers 80 rbis in 300 so he's definitely gotta keep an eye on and i'm looking at the the dodger system here they got six guys here in the top 100 one of them being the catcher ruiz who's 19 years old so he'll eventually push his way up to work with barnes but a couple of the other guys here walker bueller everybody knows about verdugo everybody knows about yadier alvarez who i love from cuba is only 21 years old Kendall playing the outfield was the 2017 first round pick, and using Diaz, another Cuban guy. Are we going to see these guys in the majors this year? Any of these guys?
1: Uh, you'll definitely see Walker Bueller. He'll probably start in AAA to kind of stretch back out to being a starter because uh, about uh, three quarters of the way through last season, the Dodgers moved him to the bullpen in AAA to get him ready for a potential role out of the bullpen in the in September and in October um alex Reduga made his debut already um I, I think he'll be there if there if there's an injury because they've also got jack peterson and andrew tolls uh coming back from injury uh to fill out the outfield so the outfield is not exactly wide open right now for for him um other than that may i mean yadier alvarez would have to greatly improve his command to sniff the majors in 2018 and it would probably be out of the bullpen um uh Bruise is still a couple of years away. Kendall's still a couple of years away. I really like Eustonel Diaz. I think he's on the verge of a breakout season. Uh, I don't know if it'll be enough to get him to the majors, but he's a
0: guy to watch going forward. I think. I agree. Does Verdugo make the opening day roster?
1: Uh, I, if I had to guess right now, I'd say no. Um, mind you, we're still in early December, so a lot of things can happen over the off season. I mean. There's, there's a chance he might not even be with the organization uh, come up any day. He might be traded, um, especially if they are going to try to acquire John Carlos Stanton. You know, if you have Stanton and Taylor and, and SEO Opli in the outfield, there's not a ton of room for a, for a young player to break through there.
0: And I know this is a team full of established guys for the most part. Can you give me one guy, give my fantasy owners one guy, pitcher or hitter that you think is going to take the next step this year and be even better than he was?
1: Hmm. So It's always an interesting question. Um I I wanna say Logan Forsyth, but he's already been kind of established. He's just had a down year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: you know I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Enrique Hernandez Hernandez. Um he showed something in the second half of last season and in the postseason. Um I think he might be if, if he were given uh you know, six hundred plate appearances, I think he'd be a two- or three-wing player um, because he's so versatile and he's got power. Um, The only thing is he's struggled against righties his entire career. But he did show... He had shown some flashes. So, you know, if if there's an injury or two in front of him, he might be able to get some some starters playing time. And, you know, he could be a guy on the verge of a breakout.
0: Yeah, and he definitely has the energy to be one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, before you go expectations for the Dodgers this year, worst case scenario, what do you have? it?
1: Uh, mm, Worst case, uh, (laughs) I think think it'd be really hard to envision a scenario where they miss the playoffs. Um, I, I even think it's a hard scenario to envision them not winning their division again because they're so deep. They've got so much talent. Even if guys get hurt, they've got guys to step up. They've got young guys on the farm ready to come in. And we haven't even seen exactly what's going to happen, uh, what the team's going to look like uh, come March. So I, I think if you want to say worst-case scenario, wild card two. Um, and that's that's even pushing it for me.
0: I agree. Definite playoff team. I'm sure they'll be in the World Series hunt by the when things are all said and done, especially if they add Otani or Stanton or whoever else they add. It's pretty much the rich getting richer. Listen, thanks for coming on the show. Dustin Nosler, at Dustin Nosler, writer, editor for Dodgers Digest. Go follow Dodgers Digest at Dodgers Digest. Co-host of Dugout Blues Podcast and a contributor for at Hardball underscore Times. Dustin, really appreciate you coming on.
1: All right. Thanks, Mike.